This is a special edition of News Right Right Now on real estate. Today's date is 05-16-2020. This week we have taken a suggestion to go get a microphone and at the end, you guys can tell me what you think. As you can see, my microphone is right over here. Daphne has one too. Show us yours, Daphne. Right here. Okay, great. So we have officially created our custom merch. Daphne, Omar, uh, Daphne and I are wearing some right now, right Daphne? There you go, yep. And as you can see mine right here, a nice little logo and my name underneath it on our custom merch. It looks very nice. Don't you like it, Daphne? Yep. Yep, okay. So it is super simple to buy right now. You guys can go to shop.spreadshirt.com um, slash news right right now, news dash right dash dash right dash now, and it'll be there. Um, here, let me show you guys a bit of what it looks like. Right now we have three days for you to get 15% off. Let's look at it together. Here we go. We have all kinds of great stuff. Sorry about all of our hats are unfortunately out of stock. Um, we have mugs, aprons, shopping bags on our quest to be, you know, good, good better for the environment. We have mugs that are sold out. Mugs looks pretty cool, and our stuff is pretty customizable, as you can see. And you can customize any text that you want on it, move around our logo, stuff like that. There's even a travel mug. There you go. That is that. Okay, so check out our Patreon page at uh, Patreon.com/newsrightrightnow. Right now we are live behind the scenes with one of our Patreon members on right now. We also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash newsnowpodcast. We are at home, but we can still do our news. Right, Daphne? Yep. Yep, I'm still in my home office. Where are you at? Still in my room. Oh, okay. Great. Before I begin, I would, um, sorry. Okay. So we're going to go for a quick ad break. After this ad break, we are going to go completely commercial free. Right, Daphne? Yep. Go ahead. Start with the ads. Okay. Today we have partnered back up with Lakers Fan 3 for 8. Are you organizing and cleaning out your house and garage while you are stuck at home? Lakers Fan 3 for 8 would like to help you make your wall a little thicker. Before you throw away a oh, before you throw away that stuff, speak to Lakersman 348 to help sell your previously loved treasures on eBay. Also, check out his eBay store at www.ebay.com slash str slash Lakersman 348 store. He has all kinds of great products like Rams gear, collectible toys, and Starbucks barista bears. New items are added almost daily, and he has excellent feedback as a top-rated seller. Once again, check out LakersFan348 at www.ebay.com slash str slash LakersFan348 store. He has a Facebook page at, at facebook.com slash LakersFan348, LakersFan348 eBay. Email him at LakersFan348 eBay at gmail.com. 
Okay, and just for you guys out there, I'm going to show you what his eBay page looks like. Okay, and his it. Facebook page. I already got it up, don't worry. Me too. I already got, I booked Merkin's page. How, how about the Facebook page? Oh, okay. No, no. Okay, here we go. Okay. Oopsies. Okay, share it. Okay, here we are. As you can see, his eBay page. He has all kinds of great stuff, as you can see on the side over here. This is he has all kinds of great stuff over here. He's listing stuff right now downstairs. Um, and yeah, he has all kinds of great stuff. Here is his uh, eBay page or Facebook page. Sorry, Facebook.com/LakersFan34eBay. And as you can see, there's a nice little the chat box that's gonna pop up. And there's a nice little chat now button, or shop now button, and a send message if you guys want to message him or chat with him. Okay, Anchor is the next ad. Start a podcast at anchor.fm. It's an easy-to-use podcast creation system that automatically distributes your podcast across all networks. My favorite feature is that it automatically pairs you with sponsors that, you're, that you record with your script that you can create yourself. To get started, go to anchor.fm. Once again, that is anchor.fm. Now we are ad-free. Today we are going to be speaking with an experienced realtor and loner later on in the vid video. Okay, everybody, please welcome our realtor, Tim Arset. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to come onto our show. It's a pleasure to be here, Damien. Okay. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us uh, how long you've been in the real estate and the market that you specialize in? So I uh, got my real estate license back in 1977, a few years before you were born. And uh, um, I have specialized in Orange County the majority of my real estate career. I worked for Coldwell Banker. And so as far as anybody listening to this podcast, uh, I've been a top agent during those 42 years. Um, last year, I was uh, designated the top real individual real estate agent for Coldwell Banker System in Olive Orange County. So we, I do a fair amount of business. Um, a lot of my, probably 60% of my business is listings and 40% is working with buyers. Um, I live in Foothill Ranch. I have been the number one agent in this Foothill Ranch community for 22 years. Um, so. Married for 38 years, have four grown children, two grandchildren, and one more on the way in October. And so, uh, yeah, living live the dream here in Southern California. Okay, so uh, Daphne and I would like to ask you a question, a couple of questions. Is that all right? Sure. Okay, so how are you selling differently now that everybody is in quarantine? Well, um, it, it, in any market, you have to adapt. If you don't, you're going to fail. And so our last open house was the beginning of March. And usually we do a grand open house, like the one we did next to your house, where we had um, uh, Tommy, the, the steel drum Jamaican guy, playing music in the background. Uh, we had tacos and margaritas, balloons. You know, we make it a, a party atmosphere. We typically get 100 to 200 people through our, our grand openings. That open house... It was the beginning of the COVID season, and um, 
you know, we were sitting out front with an easy up and only uh, three people could go in at a time. We were sanitizing their hands, gave them gloves, booties. At that time, people weren't putting masks on, but now they are. And so in today's real estate market, in order to see a house, you have to sign a release form. Everybody walking into the house has to sign a release form in advance. Now everybody entering the house has to sign a release form uh, as a precaution. And only three people are allowed in the house at a time. So an agent and then two people. We don't usually like to have children in the house because only the necessary people need to be in these houses at this time in order to not spread the disease. Um, and so as far as showing houses, we also have increased our digital presence. I use a 3D Matterport now that I wasn't using before because I really didn't need to. Uh, most good agents will do a, uh, a virtual tour or a drone uh, tour. Um, now we're doing uh, specialized virtual tours while I'm in the house, talking about the house, opening up cabinets, uh, showing people what they could do to the house. And these are for people who, buyers who can't actually go to the house, maybe they're pregnant or they have some pre-existing health condition and they're worried about going into anybody's house. And so we do these virtual tours where it's more um, of a customized tour. And so, you know, everybody has to adapt. And uh, what I try to do is each showing, I try to be at the house out front to talk to the people about the house because each house has different aspects to it that people don't know about unless you're there explaining it to them. But we all take, we all keep our distance and we're all trying to be safe. And we're all trying to help our, I mean, I have sellers that have moved and they're out of state and they have a vacant home. You just can't sit there and do nothing. So we're doing everything we can for our sellers to move their properties. Okay. Okay. So, um, so how is the market doing in terms of sales in the days? on the market and inventory so inventory it you know it's supply and demand it's like any product if you have a low demand i mean a low supply and a high demand the properties the product is going to sell faster and so you know everybody's looking at the market and they're saying well is this a buyer's market is it a seller's market is it a neutral market are are we going to see foreclosures for from people who can't afford their payments and, 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 and they're gonna get a good deal. And so the bottom line is, is that the market in March, the demand dropped dramatically, probably 40%. And so it came all the way down because people at first were very frightened of, of, of going out and buying a house. And you combine that with people lose, eventually losing their jobs. Um, my son's wife lost her job. Uh, my other son and his wife got a 20% reduction in their pay. They're still happy to have a job. And so what you have is you have buy, you have a, a reduced amount of buyers because people, 30% of the people now maybe don't have jobs, but the inventory is so low and the interest rates are so low. They're historically low right now, the interest rates. And so that's still fueling the market. And so, the market right now, it changes week by week. 
four weeks ago, it was a buyer's market, a slight buyer's market. Two weeks ago, it was a neutral market. And what happens is in a buyer's market, that's where properties are taking more than 120 days to sell. When properties are selling in less than 60 days, that's a seller's market, that's a robust market. So I'll give you an example. Back in 2007, there were 115,000 homes on the market in Orange County. Today, there's 31,340 as of today, as of yesterday. And so a lot of people are wondering, well, are we gonna have the crash that we had back in 2007? I don't believe so. The facts don't relate to that because in 2007, you had high interest rates, you had extreme amount of properties on the market, and you had a lot of buyers who got in the properties with minimum amount of money down, and the, 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 the mortgage crisis caused that crash. In today's market, the COVID has caused the recession that we're in right now, but there's because of the low, the low inventory is still fueling a high demand. And so just in, the, just in the last week, we've turned into being a slight seller's market. That's where homes are selling for uh, taking less than 120 days to sell. It's not a robust seller's market, but it's a slight, it went from a slight neutral market to maybe favoring the sellers a little bit more. And so inventory is still very low, but there's still, even though there's a lot less people who can qualify, but the amount of people that are out there that can qualify, who are buying the, the smaller amount of homes still creates a demand. And so it's supply and demand. Low supply, still a relatively good demand, is, is, has been a little bit of a flat market, but it's going a little bit now towards a seller's market. How does that compare to this time to this time last year? Well, um, so last year, I'd say we're about. Um, hold, hold on one second. Ask me that question here, just a minute. Let me look at my notes, okay? You can ask me the question again. Oh, <laughs> how does that compare to the this time last year? Well, um, we're in the, the spring listing market and buying market. So, you know, February, March, April, May, that, that's the spring market. That's when people are putting their houses on the market. They want to get them listed and sold before summer, before the end of summer. And so right now, the, normally the, the spring market is February and March. And so last year was still a great market. The interest rates weren't as low um, and, and houses were selling, but we didn't, and people were, unemployment was very low. Today, I mean, the unemployment figures used to, you know, beginning of the year, I think it was a hundred, I mean, 212,000, 212,000 um, people were unemployed. Today, it's over 38 million people who are unemployed. And so last year was a good market. With the COVID, it has suppressed the market. The housing market has been suppressed by the, by the COVID for sure, because people are worried. But, but we're seeing an uptick in sales. For, uh, sales in the last two weeks have gone up by 41%. And so 
the buyers who are out there still need to buy. And there's sellers who still need to sell. If a seller has a vacant house, they've moved away. I've had four clients that moved out of town, either Arizona or, or Las Vegas or Hawaii. They have, they have to sell their homes. And in a 2007 market, because of the huge amount of inventory and the people losing their jobs, and when they lost their jobs and they had a terrible interest rate, they had to sell and the, and the prices started cascading down. We didn't see that casting, cascading down situation in this market where people were lowering their prices, maybe a little bit. So as an example, I sold your neighbor's house for $945,000. And uh, you think you want to sell your home because, and you have a uh, wood floors and he had tile floors. So you want to sell your house for $975,000. Well, maybe you end up selling it for $965,000. You dropped your price to $10,000. Did prices come down? No. Prices went up, but maybe your sales price, your list price came down to reflect the current marketplace. So in the beginning of the year, the market was just on all 12 cylinders, just cranking. January, February was the, you know, it was things were just, it, it was a high rate of sales, high rate of demand. And then started March, things just dropped right off. But now we're seeing a V, we're seeing, it's not the U approach, we're seeing the V where prices, where, where activity starting to go, go back up again rapidly. And the days on market is starting to go down also. That's why it's reflecting more a slight seller's market. And so the, the marketplace today is not the way it was last year. It's not as robust and definitely not as robust as it was in January and February. But we're starting to go back up again. People are starting to go out there and buy. And um, the, inventory, the inventory is still very low. Typically, this is the time when people are putting their houses in the market. We're, we've got, you know, uh, a third of the houses that are normally on the market right now. And that's even though we have less buyers out there, there's the buyers that are out there are still a high demand for the properties that are out there. And so if you're a seller, and you're thinking about selling the house, if your house is in great shape and you price it right, you're still gonna sell it, you know, in, in what I see in less than 60 days in this area that we're in right now. How does that compare to the, to the, to the 2008 stock market crash? Okay, so we just briefly went over that. So the 2008 market crash, it was fueled by, lenders who gave loans to buyers who should have had loans in the first place. And when, it, it, so if you, I myself bought a, a secondary home with 10% down, it was a rental. I should have never gotten that loan, okay? And in 2008, the market dipped 40% and I was upside down. I mean, I was, I owed more against the house and it was worth for almost 10 years. I didn't, a lot of people would short, short sell the house or try to do a loan modification. So back in 2008, when it was the housing, the loan, the people who couldn't afford their loans because they were, had a high interest rate on the loan, they walked away from the houses and that caused an immediate decrease in values. Like I said, 40, 50% in some areas. And that was fueled by, like I said, 115,000 houses on the market compared to about 3,100 right now. So you had a huge amount of properties on the market. You had higher interest rates. And so 
the buyers that were out there, the, 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 the ratio to buyers to sellers, the, there was much, there were many more sellers out there than there were buyers. And so that's what fueled the market to go down and crash. And it took a few years for that to come back around again. So okay. the marketplace that we're in right now is nothing like the marketplace that was in 2007-2008. Okay, so I think um, I think a lot of people want to know, is it a good time to buy or do you think the market is headed down further? Okay, so I think it's a great time to buy. Interest rates, this is the third lowest, uh, the rates are the third lowest in history right now just a couple of weeks ago, there was a second lowest. And, and, and Keith will talk to you about the interest rates here in a little bit. But interest rates are fueling the demand for housing. And so if rates are low, you know, uh, three and a quarter, three and uh, two eights, you know, for a 30 year loan, uh, that's incredible. I've helped people get into homes at over 20% back in the 80s. And so they get a loan at, in the threes for a fixed interest rate is unbelievable. So the, the, if you're a buyer, there's not gonna be a crash. There's not gonna be this downward value that, that some people saw that, that, that happened in the 2008 crash. That's not gonna happen. You might have a, a, a slight decrease. There might be some people who are out of jobs that have to sell and those houses might go into foreclosure. And so I'm going to say that this isn't going to affect some people. Sure, there are going to be some foreclosures out there, but I think the amount is going to be very small compared to 2008. And so if you're a buyer, if you're waiting for prices to drop in the crash, it's not going to happen. If you're a buyer and you want to buy and you're renting and, it, and your family's expanding, right now is a great time to buy. Um, my son Jeffrey and his wife Susie, they're pregnant now and we're out looking for homes because they're renting. They're in a one bedroom apartment. They're going to have a baby in October. They need to get into a house. Property values are not going to drop. They're not going to drop. I don't see that happening. Also, I think it's a great time to buy because rates are low. And if you have a job, I'd go out there and buy a house. One. Okay. Um, so is it a, um, is it a buyer's market, a seller's market, or is the market moving at all? So four weeks ago, it was a slight buyer's market. And uh, what that means is that homes that are taking, you know, 160 days or more, maybe let's say 120 days more. Um, when you get below 120 days in the market, it goes to a slight seller's market. So two, two weeks ago, it was, about an even market where it was about 121 days to sell a, a typical house. The day we went below that, or this week we went below that, so it's about 105 days. And so that means it's a slight buyer's market, excuse me, a slight seller's market. And so because of the time it takes to sell a house, that's how we figure that out. At 105 days for a typical house to sell, it's favoring the seller. It is not a buyer's market today. It is slightly going towards a seller's market, but that doesn't mean it's not a great time to buy. Okay. Um, are you selling an increase in days to close right to close right now? The days to go on the market are the, the get your home in the escrow or days that were in escrow. 
to close it completely. Yeah. Your, your average escrow is about 30 days. Um, with the COVID-19, uh, things have slowed up slightly, you know, with doing inspections, people aren't, you know, everybody is taking a little bit longer maybe to process everything. But, uh, you know, it, a typical escrow is 30 to 45 days. And so the time to close a transaction hasn't really changed that much. Okay. So are you seeing more primary house buyers or investment buyers? I would say that we're seeing people, end users, people who are going to buy the house and live in it. That's what I call an end user, what you're calling a primary buyer. And so I'm just looking at our last, you know, 10 sales. Nine of them were people who were going to live in the house. And so people are, the end users are buying the house, not investors. Years ago, uh, maybe six years ago, we had a lot of uh, foreign money come in, uh, a lot of Chinese cash buyers. That all dried up when uh, China kind of put the crimp on people pulling money out of their country. And so, and there was a lot of investment back, back in the day, about five or six years ago. That has mostly dried up. And we're seeing more, almost all end users from what I can see right now today in my marketplace. What are interest rates like right now and, ha and has that affected your business one way or the other? Well, interest rates are at an all-time low, all-time low. Back at the end of World War II, when veterans are coming back from Europe um, after defeating uh, uh, the Germans, interest rates were 4%. That was low. And back in the 80s, I sold homes to veterans coming back from Vietnam. Um, they were, um, you, know, I come up, you know, they were back, but it, it up to 20%. And so interest rates today on a fixed interest rate, they're in the low threes. And so because of the low interest rates, that is driving a demand for buyers. So the lower the interest rate, the more property that the, the more, of the, the more expensive a house that a buyer can purchase. And so the low interest rates are, are fueling the, the, the rebound in this marketplace that we're seeing right now. Okay, um, is there anything else that you would like to add for our viewers? Well, you know, I think if you're a seller and you need to move, today's a good time to sell. Um, there are still buyers out there selling. I mean, excuse me, there are still buyers out there buying and um, if, you, if your house is priced right and it shows well, it's a good time to sell if that's what you want to do. And if you're a buyer with the interest rates being at a, a record low, it's a good time to buy. So depending upon your situation, I think it's a good time to sell. And I think it's a good time to, to buy. And that's crazy to be able to say that. But I think, you know, finding the right house, when, when property values go up, interest rates are going to go up. And so I, I think it's a great time to do either right now. Okay, um, before we let you go, how can people get in touch if you would like to buy or sell their home? Okay, well, that is a great question. Uh, they can get a hold of me at tim at timmorissette.com. So it's T-I-M at T-I-M-M-O-R-I-S-S-E-T-T-E.com, tim at timmorissette.com. My phone number, my cell phone number is 949 
949-412-2233. Again, that's 949-412-2233. You know, I sell condos from in the threes to, you know, just, we just closed a, a million and a half dollar house down in um, Laguna Niguel. That took two weeks to sell to a, a cash buyer. Now that's a cash buyer who's going to flip it and rehab it. And that's rare. It's rare for my inventory. You know, my average uh, sales price in this area is somewhere in the eights, which is, it seems extremely high to some people, depending on what area you're coming from in the country. But uh, yeah, get a hold of me, Tim, at timmorset.com or 949-412-2233. Okay, well, thank you so much. Thank you so for much, Tim, for coming. Yeah, hey, listen, show. you guys are great. It's incredible. And thank you so much for inviting me. Have okay. a great day. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for coming. And now, please introduce, or please welcome, lender Keith Murphy. Hello. Hi, Keith, and thank you for coming on our show. I appreciate you guys having me. The pleasure is all mine. Okay, can you please introduce yourself and how long you, go, you uh, got into the mortgage industry and how long you've been in it? You betcha. So I have been a mortgage professional now for 26 years, and the current position I hold is as a branch manager for Essex Mortgage, which is a local mortgage bank here in Southern California. We're actually right next to Disneyland. Um, most of my clients are referred to me by realtors like Tim Morissette. And I specialize in working with first time home buyers and educating them on the process of buying a home, along with the dynamics of the mortgage market, helping them analyze all their different mortgage financing options, helping them select the best interest rate and best loan structure, whether it's a conventional loan, jumbo loan, FHA loan, or VA loan. Um, we also teach monthly classes to the general public, which you two are invited to. You can register for one online at freehomebuyingclass.com. And we do those every month. Right now, actually, I should say, the shelter-in-place rules prohibit us from doing the class live. But as soon as those um, uh, warnings are lifted, we're going to be doing them live again. We have met local restaurants, so you can come in. It's free and get a, a nice dinner, a workbook, and and uh, a good education or presentation. Okay. How is business with the current interest rate? What is the, what is the current interest rate or what's business like? What's business? what's business like? Business has been very robust. So as you probably can imagine, after doing this for 26 years, I've got quite a few clients in my database, over 2,500. And like Tim Morris said, I have about 65 to 70 realtors that refer me on a consistent basis. So I'm just gonna put some numbers to your question. On an average day, I would get one and a half to two referrals a day, whether that's somebody who wants to buy a home or already owns a home and wants to refinance it to get a lower interest rate and payment. Over the last 60 to 90 days, with these interest rates being so low, basically hitting record setting lows, we're getting between eight and 10 referrals a day. So business is up somewhere between three to 400%. And it's mainly driven, I think, because the rates are low and shelter in place rules has people working from home 
So I think they've got a little more spare time on their hands to look into, hey, would it make sense for me to refinance? And so I think that's part of the reason for the spike in volume as well. Okay, are you seeing more refinances or more purchases? Oh, definitely more refinances. Myself and the team that um, supports me, we are a purchase-driven uh, mortgage professional team. So we're, we're all about catering to the realtor and again, that first time home buyer or move up buyer. Generally speaking, that's about 80 to 85% of all of our funded volume per month. But right now that's kind of flip-flopped because the buyers, the buyer demand you guys hasn't gone away. It's just that there's less inventory out there for them to buy. And then you couple that with the fact that interest rates are at all time lows. Everybody who's got an interest rate above say 3.75 is looking into refinancing right now. So 80% of our business now, right now is refinances and it'll probably stay that way. I'm guessing for the next couple months until the shelter in place rules are lifted, more people are comfortable listing their homes for sale. I think that's the big problem right now is a lot of people that want to sell either to move up or, 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 or step down, they don't want a bunch of strangers coming through their house. They're scared. So I think this summer we'll see our numbers go back to normal once there's more inventory. Okay. Got, got another question? Yeah. Um, okay, so how do you go with signing docs in the COVID-19 era? Great question, Damien. Um, the mortgage industry has been sort of on the cutting edge when it comes to embracing technology. Oh, for the last 10 years and then for the last five years, it's really ramped up even more. So I'll give you an example. 10 years ago, I would need to meet, I needed to meet every single client face-to-face. -face. We'd have to go through educating them on the process, walking through all the different paperwork and disclosures, and they'd have to wet sign everything in front of me. Now, with technology, just like today, most of my meetings are done via Zoom and DocuSign. So everything is emailed to the client. They get a link with a secure password that's sent in the different email. Then they log into their DocuSign portal with their unique password. They then change it to something that only they know. And then they electronically sign everything. So pretty much, I mean, right now, obviously with the shelter in place rules, we're all working from home. So 100% of my meetings are done virtually but um to answer that question everything for the last five years has been digital for the signing so really nothing has changed for us on that forefront hmm. okay what is the volatility of the interest rates the volatility of the interest rates so let's first define for your audience what drives an interest rate up or down and can I show you guys my screen for a second can I sure. share it yeah the, all the viewers will see it too okay great give me a sec here host has disabled screen sharing oh yeah that's a new feature on zoom go ahead okay 
I'm going to have to hire you guys to train me on Zoom. You're really good at it. Okay, can you guys see my screen now? Yep. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to make this just a little bit bigger, I hope. So, this is a chart from Friday, so yesterday, a one-day chart of the mortgage-backed securities coupon for a 30-year Fannie Mae fixed-rate mortgage. So when a bank like us securitizes a loan, we need to figure out a way to get our money back to make another loan. So we securitize all of our loans to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or Ginnie Mae, and they ensure that transaction. We own that loan. We actually service the loan but we need to sell the security instrument, it's a bond, to an investor so that we can get our money back to make more loans. It kind of works like that. So interest rates are driven by supply and demand. And when you guys, you know, maybe you have it at your, at your age, but for certain in high school, college, when you're taking Economics 101, you're gonna learn that the price of every good is driven by two things. It's supply, meaning how much of, their, of the product that you want is there, and what's the demand for the product. So it's a supply-demand ratio. So what this chart you guys is showing you in one day, what the demand was for, or the price was for a mortgage-backed security. So if you wanted to buy and invest in a 30-year mortgage, all I want you to notice is in one day, from the time the market opened to the time it closed, this is the price volatility. And when the price of a mortgage bond goes down, the interest rate goes up. It's an inverse relationship. And, now, and, yeah, and for, for the podcast listeners that are watching and they can't see the video, uh, basically it went from 103.69 um, to at 12 o'clock it went to 103.56. Uh, and then when the market closed, it was at 103.44. Right. Got so as those bond prices, as Damien just explained, go down, the interest rate goes up because it's an inverse relationship. So let's now just take a quick look at a five-day chart. So it looks pretty volatile. To answer the question, you know, what's the volatility look like right now with mortgages? It's pretty volatile. There's a five-day trading chart, but let's take a wider lens on it. This is the last 30 days. So in the last 30 days, the price was at one point, 104.3 to market close on Friday was 103.82. So on a percentage basis, it's not very volatile. The reason I showed you guys this screen and I'll stop the share here in a second is a lot of people don't know, they don't understand that the interest rate on a mortgage loan, it changes by the hour, every single day, Monday through Friday, while the market's open, it's going up and down, just like a share of Apple stock or Home Depot stock or McDonald's stock, it's driven again by what someone wants to pay for it and how bad they want to own it. So and let me stop, stop my screen share here. For a quick uh, basic um, uh, follow-up question of what you just showed us, what is yeah. about the best time of the day to finance based on the rates? Ah, great question. Um, so our bank 
doesn't allow me as a loan officer to lock in a client's interest rate until about 9.30 in the morning because the bank wants to watch what you just looked at. They want to look at the market and they want to hedge it and make sure that they're not going to get caught with the rug getting pulled out from underneath them. So if prices are going down, they don't want to set their margins too thin because they could get hurt by the end of the day. So, but to answer your question, we as a bank are hedging the market. So there really isn't for a consumer, for someone who's buying a home or refinancing a home, there really isn't a, a, a good time or a bad time. Basically our bank, we allow locks between 9.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. And during that window of time, we've put enough buffer or insurance on the movement of the market so it doesn't affect the consumer. So the consumer can call me at 9.30, noon, or 2.59, and they're gonna pretty much get the same rate quote at all times. But if you are trading, which I think talks more to your follow-up question, if you are trading mortgages, and if you just looked at trends, you know, it's not the same every day, it's, it's dynamic, but you would want to buy early in the morning and you'd want to sell right before market close, about an hour to an hour and a half market close. If you wanted to just arbitrage and, and play a spread like a day trader would, that's, that's what you'd be doing, buying in the morning, selling right before market close. Okay. What do um, you see happening in the next six to nine months? For interest rates? Yeah, uh, yeah I guess yeah. everything. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, a finance guy. I sit behind a desk and I crunch numbers pretty much all day. I underwrite loans. Um, so I don't know as much about the marketplace as Tim does. I just know when interest rates go up, it makes housing prices go down because they become more expensive. And when interest rates go down, it makes housing prices go up because it makes them less expensive. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So remind me of your question again. Uh, what do you see happening in the next six to nine months? So in the mortgage market, that's kind of like saying, well, where do you think the stock market, where do you think the share price of Apple stock will be? So, okay it's hard to answer because there's so many news items and, and different market forces that for, I'm going to use Apple for a second that affect that price. So for instance, Apple just hit an all time high based upon a number of different factors. I won't go into all those. It's really not the right forum for that. But on Friday, the United States of America stepped up its trade war rhetoric with China and China put out into the news waves towards the end of the day on Friday that they may deem all U.S. companies doing business in China as unsafe and block them. Well, Apple gets 30% of their sales from China. So can you imagine what would happen to Apple stock if they put that in place, if their sales dropped off by 30%? The point is, we don't know what that's going to look like. There's no crystal ball. On the interest rates, which is what you want to know about, I believe over the next three to six months, we're gonna see a stable and low rate environment. Why? 
because the economy is uncertain with the you know stay at home with 30 million people furloughed or let go from their jobs there is going to be a a negative economic impact people aren't going to be able to to buy as much because all the businesses were closed right like we can't go to payway at the spectrum yeah. tonight for dinner so the economy is going to contract things are going to slow down and the last thing that the federal reserve or government wants to do is see people's housing get affected because right now you know if you're lucky enough to have a job the two other things that you're blessed three other things you're blessed for is your friends and family are healthy you've got a house that's you know worth a lot of money and you've got your retirement or your 401k when consumers in a, in a turbulent economic environment see their house price go down and they see their 401k go down and they're worried about their jobs they don't spend they spend even less and the economy slows even more so i believe because of that dynamic the government's not going to let the rates go shooting up so i think uh daphne to your question rates mm -hmm. are going to remain stable but i just can't stress enough how dynamic it is and there is no crystal ball to predict that mm. okay. so how do you set yourself apart from the other large and small mortgage brokers okay well to define for your audience let's talk about what a mortgage broker is and what i do because they're two different things and i was a mortgage broker for 13 years here in foothill ranch a, a mortgage broker means you don't work for anybody you know you're independent you get licensing agreements with all the different banks that you want to do business with and then when your clients come to you for a loan your job is to go out and find them the best terms amongst all the banks i gave up that business because you lose control of the loan file so everything with business right every business is all about the customer experience and what they feel it was like at the end and if it's a bad experience they aren't going to do business with you again if it's a good experience they're probably going to do business with you so i quit as a broker and i'm a w2 employee of a bank um, now i did in the middle there work for a big bank i'm going to keep their name out of it but you know the name because they've got branches everywhere and that wasn't a good fit for me either because they were too big and everything as far as like underwriting the loans, processing the loans, getting the loans funded, getting conditions cleared, it was all done out of a centralized processing center in Ohio. So again, I was losing control of the service levels, the promises I'm making, I couldn't control the paperwork flow because it was done at, an, at another state. So that's when I moved to where I'm at now. And we're a small but nationwide mortgage bank. So basically we do the same thing that the big banks do we lend money we underwrite it we approve it we fund it we service it we securitize it but we're not brokering it to anybody else it's it's our money and um for the listener and people that are watching the big difference is on a big bank you probably aren't going to get your loan funded as quickly as I can. So an ex example, because the refinance volume's up for everybody, I'm being told by my clients, because they check with their banks, they check with their credit unions, then they call me. They're saying that it's taking 60 to 90 days or more 
to get their refinance closed. Whereas with me, I'm getting them closed in about 21 days or less. So we're, we're quicker, we're faster, and in a lot of cases, we're less expensive as well. Plus we control okay. that client experience so that we give everybody uh, experience doing a loan with us. My parents want to know why do they have to fill out a lot of forms with personal info just to get an estimate? Good question. Well, they don't have to fill out a bunch of paperwork to get a, an estimate. So I'm not sure who they were uh, approaching with that, but I'll just tell you how I do it. So if your parents were to call me and say, hey, Keith, we might do business with you. We're not sure yet. So we're not going to jump through a bunch of hoops and fill out a bunch of paperwork till you can show us what you can do for us. I have a set of questions that I go over with clients that gives me a really good feel as far as to what they're all about. I'll explain it real quick. I need to know what kind of property they're in. Is it a single family or condo or townhome? Because condos Townhomes have higher interest rate than houses, okay? I need to know what they owe on that house, what the house is worth, whether they're looking to pull out equity like cash to pay off a car or they're just trying to get their payment down, which is called rate term. And then I need to know their FICO scores. If I know what kind of property, what the loan amount is, what the value is, what the credit score is, and what their goals are with the loan, meaning cash out or rate term, I can give somebody a written estimate within 15, 20 minutes, and if they like it and they want to move forward with me, then I'll have them go through the paperwork process. And once I've validated that, you know, what their job is, what their credit looks like, what they earn, what their savings looks like, once I see the big picture, I call it dumping on all the puzzle pieces and turning them face up and then putting the puzzle together, then I'll call back and say, okay. The quote that I gave you was 100% accurate. If you'd like to move forward, I will guarantee, and I put that in writing. I don't know that other banks do that. I guarantee in writing that the numbers will not change before closing. And if they do, we, our company, will eat the difference so that the consumer, your parents, aren't ever taken advantage of by somebody who lowballs them on something that's not really realistic and then tries to change it up at the last minute when they've gone through all that paperwork and done an appraisal and they're trying to close, they don't want to be hit with any surprises. So we protect our clients that way that if you say this is going to work for you and you want it, we will guarantee it not to change at closing. Okay. Before we leave, how can people contact you? Oh, thank you. So they could go to my website, which is uh, www.goteammurphy.com. And that's where you can find all my contact information. You can also email me at Keith, K-E-I-T-H, at GoTeamMurphy.com. And then, you know how it is. This little guy is with me all the time. So you can text me or call me at 714-309-1140. And just mention, if you're seeing this uh, video or you're listening to this podcast, mention that Damien and Daphne Bart, that's how you heard about me and I will um, offer anybody who's listening a 50% off of their appraisal if they end up doing a loan with us. Wow, that's a big uh, discount. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
Well, um, thank you for coming thank on. Thank you for yeah, coming on. Yes. Here. You know what? Uh, I'm really honored that you guys had me. And I was totally taken off guard when I saw you guys at first. Um, but you guys act more professional on this Zoom than many of the 30 and 40-year-olds that I'm on calls with a lot. I'm on Zoom all day now. And you guys are doing a really good job. So congratulations to you guys and good luck with your show. And if you ever want to uh, interview me again or talk about other topics, you just let me know. Okay. Okay. All right, guys. Thank have you. a good weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. That Keith just oh. mentioned will be in the show links down below in the bottom of this video. Bye. Go ahead. You, you want me to mention that? Oh, no. I, it, I'm just letting the people know that all the... Okay. Great. Okay. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. See you later. Okay, before we go, we're going to ask our Patreon members uh, that are on right now if they have any questions. If they have any questions, they're going to turn off their camera and unmute themselves. Do you have any questions, Patreon member? Hello. Hello, Patreon questions yet maybe at the end of your broadcast I might okay okay great so let's see here where are we at right okay so thank you for watching at home we have officially created our custom merch as you can see we're wearing it right here yes um Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash news right right now. So 10% of all of our profits go to an organization called Plastic Bank where they are cleaning out the ocean. If you want to help, you can go to oceanhero.today. Uh, we're going to show you how it's going to work in a couple of minutes. Okay, so let's, let's tell us why you should support us on, Insta on Patreon. Daphne. Um, early access. What? This means is that our Patreon members get the news earlier than the Facebook and podcast serve, servers. Behind the scenes, what this means that is that Patreon members get to watch live from this page while we are recording live. This goes with behind the scenes because you watch us behind the scenes while we are live. Extras, we will put up two times more tea content on Patreon than we will on Facebook, and we might do a live Q&A. Why support us, you might ask? Well, because this is a 10% charity. So 10% of all of our profits goes to a charity called Plastic Bank. You can donate yourself by going to plasticbank.com. What Plastic Bank does is it removes plastic from the ocean. How you can help, you may ask? Well, let me just show you a quick little video on your uh what how you can help yourself by um doing this wait hold on sorry here we go By 2050, there will be more plastic than fish in the oceans. There are 18 billion pounds of plastic waste entering our oceans every year. 
You've seen the images. Our marine life is under threat. Did you know that the large majority of plastic that ends up in the ocean comes from just six countries facing extreme poverty? Often from people living in extremely harsh conditions without waste collection. So we've created a new plan to do something about it. You can be part of it. Just by changing your search engine to Ocean Hero, we will recover one ocean-bound plastic bottle for every five searches you do. So this is how our plan works. Like any other search engine, we earn money with search ads, but we use this money differently. Together with our partners, we can pay people in need in exchange for ocean-bound plastic. People can exchange plastic for money, but also for things like school tuition or sanitation. We are working together with partners like Plastic Bank, who have built up an infrastructure of plastic collection hubs to make this possible. Become part of a movement that saves the oceans by searching the web. It's a small step for you, but a large one for the planet. Click the link or go to oceanhero.today and give it a try. So there you go. Just one reason why you guys should switch to Ocean Hero. And you could be doing that while you're searching so basically you're just searching and you save the ocean while you're searching okay so um we hope to see you soon so bye for now uh we will be back next week if you want to sponsor us you can email us at news.now.podcast at gmail.com and you can see us at facebook at facebook.com slash newsnowpodcast on behalf of everybody here thank you very much for watching and taking the time to view this episode of News Right Right Now. Thank you. Goodbye. This podcast was made with Anchor.fm.